0: We back. This might be my most official, uh, prop, properly formal episode that I've ever done on the podcast. I am joined by two incredible young ladies, and we just kind of dive in. And we we do something on this episode that I don't do on many of my episodes. Actually, I don't think I've ever done. We we talk poli- like we talk politics. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you know, it's all comedy, but uh, we got a midterm election coming up and I wanted to make sure we have these kind of conversations and dialogue. So enjoy the episode. Uh, Let me know what you think and get out and vote. Uh, I shared this a little bit before we started. I have a best friend, Shinora, shout out to her, who started my first family friendly episode so this is like one of those episodes where we're going to learn hopefully a little bit but more importantly share some information and get to know each other so i'm um, gonna have you guys introduce yourselves these two incredible ladies that i have with me uh, are going to blow you away and i'm gonna let them take their time and uh, share as much as they want we'll start with whitney oh
1: well, i am whitney Mixdorf. i am from clear lake i'm a mom of three girls and i'm running for iowa state senate district 30 um we own a donut shop over there, which is super fun, but a lot of work. <laughs> and life is crazy, but let's run for state senate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and to your right,
1: Sharon yes. Steckman. Yes, yes, Sharon Steckman. I am
2: currently the uh, House of uh, the representative for this district, and it's District Fifty Three. With redistricting, it'll now be Fifty Nine. And I'm running for that
0: district. Wow. So. Okay. So why are they why are they changing it? We just well,
2: they did the census every ten years. After the census, they they figure out the numbers. Mason City lost population, so I I need to represent about thirty thousand people. Uh huh. Um, Iowa has the best d- redistricting of any state there is. I wish mm-hmm. every state did it the way we do. It's nonpartisan. Mm-hmm. So I represent thirty thousand people mm. doesn't matter what their age doesn't matter what their background their um whether they're even registered to vote it's just oh, people okay. and so my district uh, this district grew to um include plymouth rock falls doherty swaledale okay um that sort of thing so that's awesome much yes. bigger and it's been fun it's been fun <laughs> being out in the country and Knocking doors out there.
1: Sharon takes the best door pictures that you've ever seen. She finds the coolest stuff out there. It's, it's fun to watch her on Facebook because she's always posting something cool. Well, it's my favorite part. My yeah.
2: favorite part of campaigning is knocking
0: doors. Really?
2: Oh, I just love it. You just meet most of the time. I love it, I should say. <laughs> I, There's an occasional, you know.
0: I was I was on your Facebook uh, the other day, and you have so many pictures with so many big important people in our country Oh, um, you know presidents ex-presidents uh, like do you have like a favorite like oh meeting this individual was a really cool uh, experience for me as I got into politics
2: and that's why I got into politics. Oh no, at it's like just oh. oh
0: this one this one really so as a comedian like if I get to take a picture with a certain comic I'm mm-hmm. like oh this means a lot to me because of right. where I am in my journey. Like do you have anybody like that uh, that you've taken Oh I pictures?
2: think uh Getting my picture taken with presidents, sitting presidents, and those running for president that became president—it's um, been an honor to be able to do those kinds of things because I don't think I would have otherwise. You know, Iowa being the first caucus, it, mm-hmm. we it, we have an incredible opportunity to meet every single presidential mm-hmm. candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some that just blow you away. They can start talking, and you you can listen for an hour, and you and it's like, wow, an hour <laughs> went by already. Uh, one of those people would be Tom Harkin. He huh. was in an incredible um, speech. Speaker? speaker speaker, thank yeah. you yes yeah. that's the word <laughs> yeah. it's too early in the morning speak- to think of a big word like <laughs> but and then obama getting to meet him and michelle and i mean it's just been oh, I'm jealous an of incredible that. I'm so jealous. opportunity just, and cory booker that's another person yes. he came to town one time and literally he talked for an hour and then he answered questions for another half an hour and nobody wanted to leave it was so (laughs) you know he was so good so that's awesome
0: so so whitney like what what was your decision to like start running and i want to learn a little bit more of what you're running for for so i'm going to speak on behalf of people who are just not that educated with politics and i'm so my relationship with Iowa really quickly is I moved here the first time <laughs> in uh, the the winter of 2007. And I was here for two years. And I'm like, get me out of here. And then I, <laughs> I met my wife here and we went to Arizona for six years and I was living my best life. And then we had our first child and like, I want to get back closer to home and right. family. And, and so we moved back here in 2016. And I'm here and I'm like, how do I make comedy work out here? And then what I, I learned about myself is I started getting more involved with these things because as the world, you know, life happens, you start to get more invested. And that's where I started getting more involved in the community and just activism, things like that. Right. I feel like there was something that happened with you where you're like, okay, I want to take this the next step because uh, like you were never really into politics or you you had a seat C- oh oh. okay go ahead i'm gonna let you talk
1: i'm an organizer oh that is what i love to do i love to organize behind the scenes and set up people and help people win elections that's really kind of my jam um what pushed me to run this race was amanda reagan saying she wasn't going to run again i immediately got on my network of people and i'm like okay you could run you could run nobody wanted to do it politics is nasty right now Mm -hmm. it's scary I mean we have extra security at our own home right now that we didn't have before I ran but um all of a sudden my phone rang one day and it was Senator Zach Walls and he his staff asked me to run and I thought about it for about 10 minutes and I said (laughs) you know what you know what someone has to step up and do this and sometimes that person has to be you and you have to just grab it and go and that's really what I what I've tried to do here I'm I'm an introvert honestly um people that know me would never guess that I am but I I really am I get I'm happiest with a book on my couch with my cats and my children running around um but this has really opened a lot of doors and I'm finding things about myself that I never knew were there it's exciting it really is mm-hmm.
0: so you, you said you just made a decision did you did you have a conversation with john john is your husband john right? is
1: my husband yes And
0: how, how long have you been married
1: uh we've been married for six years i think okay <laughs> part, i know usually it's the guy that doesn't know but I don't, my brain kind of runs like a hamster wheel right now so i think he'll forgive me for not knowing yeah. um no it was six years uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right what was the question again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like like what was the conversation like hey honey oh, i'm gonna yes. do this
1: so originally our plan had been because we've talked about stuff and you know i went back to college um during the pandemic and my decision at that time had been to try to run for her seat when she retired to oh, run for sharon's wow and get my feet wet that way um this was not on our radar whatsoever i'm a full-time college student we have a business we have three kids (laughs) but he looked at me and said can you really not run like who's going to do this if you don't do Mm. it Mm. and that's what sparked me to to jump in who's going to fight for our kids if you're not willing to do it yourself so i
0: love that Mm yeah yeah so, so what? So what's your journey? Because you've been at it for a while. I have, and, and I have. don't don't leave anytime soon. Because I <laughs> right, I know. I, I I just I I adore you, and and we've we've had a lot of great conversations that that I think are important. Because when when I look at politicians, you know, and you're kind of right. It's it's, it's kind of nasty, and it's almost like it's a dirty word. But there are real people, mm-hmm. and some people put up these fake facades, and they they do a lot of whatever things you're like a real person and you're approachable and you're (laughs) fun. Yeah. (laughs) And that blew me away where I'm like, I can stand next to this, this young lady and we can have these conversations. What was your journey? And, uh, like, where do you see yourself going next?
2: Oh, wow. Um, well, first of all, I'm an educator. So I was teaching, getting ready to retire. And, um, I had been president of the teachers union in Mason City, and then um, actually their negotiator for about seven years, chief negotiator. And so I saw how important what happens in Des Moines is to us as teachers, to our children, to our school system, everything. And so the opportunity came up. Um, Bill Schickel had been in office, and he was retiring, so it was kind of an open seat. And the opportunity came up, and the first time I ran it was against... um, a city councilman Scott Tornquist, he's not here anymore, but I think he's in Indiana now. Um, so that was kind of my decision because the seat was open and um, I actually was an independent. I mean, I <laughs> you know, I was never a registered Democrat or Republican, I was an independent and I kind of voted for the person. I always thought it was important that people know who they're voting for and what they really stand for when they get down there what are they going to vote for and do they have good reasons to vote the way they're going to vote and Mm. are they willing to talk about it you know and i think that's i still think that's really important and i just had a passion to try and get down there and make sure education was first yeah it worked out for a while (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty iffy right now it's It's very scary so (laughs)
0: scary is the best word right right what uh (laughs) so 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 I have two questions. I don't know how to phrase this, but um I think you'd be probably really great at ex- answering it as a woman in these positions. Um like what are some challenges that you feel that just comes along with it that you know, maybe a lot of the men don't necessarily see uh when when in office or when when running in general.
2: Right? Now I have I have witnessed it when I first got elected and and the doorman didn't know who I was they thought I was a clerk <laughs> and not a representative wow. nice. yes yeah yes. I said see see this badge <laughs> here that's my name representative Sharon Seckman yeah so because we hire clerks too and right. and most often they are women a lot of times the the representatives will come and bring their wife and their wife will be the clerk and oh, do that. Okay. But, Somebody asked when I got elected, they said, oh, is Alan going to come down and be your clerk? And I'm like, you know, I value my marriage more than that. That would not work. And, and uh, you know, I saw that when I got down there, definitely wouldn't work because I just throw things at my clerk. And off I go to a meeting, and she gets it done. And
0: so, um, yeah. Alan's a wonderful man, by yes, the way. Yes, um, the first time I met him and yourself, if mm-hmm. you remember, was at a spelling bee. <laughs>
2: Oh, that's right and he's, a, he's the best speller I know he was incredible he yeah. won
0: this this it's not even a <laughs> drunken Spelling bee. they have like a, a, a beer or two and uh, it, we were doing a Bricks you right, know whiskey right. and uh, this was ran, when it was back ran by Jody shout out to that young lady and he was just phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it, was fun. it was fun. He's a, he's a fun guy. <laughs> uh, any experience that you've had, uh, maybe you've seen it because you said you you be getting people in the office. <laughs> like, like, like that's what you've been doing a lot. Like what what has been your experience?
1: You know, I think it's just harder for women to prove themselves mm-hmm. and to prove that they really do have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a famous quote that said, "If you know if you don't see what you want at the table, then you just got to pull up the chair yourself."
0: Ooh, I love that. And
1: I think getting that out to more young women that could run for office someday or could make a difference is so important because i mean even me you get imposter syndrome at some point you know you think gosh am i really am i really capable of that and then you do something and you say absolutely i am capable of that um i think putting that faith in people and putting the confidence is so important especially in young people that are going into politics right now Mm. yeah it's very important i have three girls and Building their confidence that, you know, if they want to go fly a rocket ship, they can do that. If they want to be on the radio like Joe Malone, they can do that. Shout Um, out to Joe Malone. Shout out to Joe Malone. (laughs) 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 But if they want to be a comedian, they can do that too. We just have to believe in ourselves and push it forward. And I think women have kind of taken a back seat this whole time. And we need to end that. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I see that changing quite a bit. Yes, yes. We
2: actually um, broke the glass ceiling in the House of Representatives um, for a short period of time. We had more women in our Democratic Caucus than men. That's awesome by one.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that, great. that
2: was that was pretty great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was I was wondering, like, what was the decision to 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 go into to be a Democrat? Like, I I've I've been on the i won't say i've been on the fence but kind of what you were saying mm-hmm. like I, I maybe independent was probably where i, I landed the most mm-hmm. um then I, you grow up and you start getting a little bit more involved because i didn't this is just my experience i didn't really get into it until obama ran that's kind of that representation like oh okay we really can be because i remember growing up in detroit and like someone would like i want to be the first black president i was like eh, sure okay relax <laughs> relax but then you see it and like okay these things are possible and it, it it really like uh encouraged me to get more more invested and I was in Iowa at that time mm-hmm. so like what was the decision that that okay this party best represents my my beliefs my you're like what was that like how did you kind of tip into okay I'm gonna be a Democrat
1: I was actually first a registered Republican hmm. um my grandpa Bob Amoson was the county supervisor here and he was a Republican. Mm -hmm. So to vote for him in the primaries, we all had to be registered Republicans. Um, After that, I switched to independent and um, you know, the way things are going right now, the way I believe um, we should treat other people and how we should respect one another and take care of one another that fits up with the Democrat platform. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. I mean, I can't imagine living a life where I think someone else should Suffer so that I can get ahead. That is absolutely not okay, and that's not how I want to raise my children either. You know, we believe that we have to do good. We believe that we have to give back to people, um, but we don't get to pick and choose who we give back to. We should all be trying to build a better life together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I um,
2: once I got down to the Capitol and saw how the two parties ran things, mm-hmm. I knew I had picked the right party mm-hmm. because. In our caucus, if, like, if I disagree and I'm not going to vote on a bill that they're encouraging me to vote on, we've had a discussion and I've talked to people on both sides to, to form my opinion, I can just say I'm not going to vote for that. And it's okay. I mean, I don't get my chairmanship taken away or get ostracized or mm-hmm. whatever. And, um, and like Whitney said, it's the party that really cares about the average Joe mm-hmm. or Jill. Yeah, <laughs> it it really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, instead of a huge tax break for corporations, we would have rather have seen the money go to mental health for kids, right. to our public school systems, which have been underfunded in the last 11 years and that that sort of thing. So it's just those values, I think, that are my values.
0: I love that. Uh, I have a question that was just handwritten and given to me. (laughs) Uh, Should we
1: be nervous?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you change your stance on issues based on what people tell you? So you, you know, you, hey, this is what I'm running on, or this is what I think, but the majority feels a certain way. Do you then like, all right, let me speak on behalf of the people, or do you still hold true to what it is that you said initially? If I asked that correctly.
2: (laughs) Is that... is that the way the question is,
0: yeah, well, maybe did <laughs> I add more did <laughs> I add more? yeah, do you change your stance on issues based on what people tell you? yeah, the majority, I guess
1: I can go first i I'm not down there yet, so I can't say I haven't seen how things exactly work down there um I'm very comfortable in my platform. I know things about certain issues, I'm learning more about other ones. I can't say I would ever. Be stuck so far in one situation mm. that, that I would refuse to listen to anybody or refuse to talk. I think having a civil conversation mm. is one thing that we have completely forgotten yeah, how to do right. as a society. Um, but I think we can learn more. As I've talked to people, I figured out we are kind of always on the same path, mm-hmm. but we think how we get there or the end result is just a little bit skewed from one another. Mm-hmm. Okay? So... There were some people that didn't want vaccinations. Well, there's a lot of people that don't want to be forced to carry a baby. So we both want control over our health care. How do we make that happen? Right. You right. know, just things like that. We need to sit and talk and realize that we're not trying to fight each other. We're all trying to make a better Iowa. Let's work together to do it. You know, mm-hmm. that's my biggest thing, I guess. I You obviously have way more experience than I do, well, Sharon.
2: So. I'm not sure about that. But, <laughs> but when I went down to the Capitol, I thought there was black and white. Right, You know, but there's all this gray in between. Right. There's all these nuances that, mm. well, what about if this happens? Then how will that affect it? You know, so it's not always just like, oh, this is the right thing to do. Yeah, there's and I layers. Think, what? There's layers Low, to everything. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think knocking doors helps me get a feel for where people are at. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to know what the majority wants. Um, obviously, if... I'm thinking one way, but the people I represent are loudly telling me something different Then I need to listen to them because that's who I'm representing. Right.
0: Now, <laughs> this might just be my comedian brain. Like oh, our, no. our, <laughs> <laughs> our voters sometime like, like children where you got, like, Hey, this is like, I hear what you're saying. We want candy, but you're like, no, you don't really want candy for, for dinner. Like, you know, <laughs> you, you have to earn it as a snack. Like, do you feel like at times you have to sort of, uh, do what's best for 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 the people or on behalf of the people by making some of those tough decisions I'm trying to think of an example I of think that. that
1: was a great metaphor though like sc- kids screaming i I have three kids so my kids are always <laughs> screaming in my ear and I have three and as I well. do I do yeah. I try to do what's best for them even if they desperately want something that they think is gonna be really good but I know better than them um but that goes back to the conversations like if my kids want something and they won't listen to me, we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to try to tell them, well, you could do this, but if we wait two more days, we're going to go do something way more fun. We can, you know, yeah. we can move towards that goal mm-hmm. together.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. I like that. That's well said. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm a grandma, so I give them the candy. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. grandma's a granddad, they're like yes. we don't have to deal with this. Let's get them out some sugar and then, you know, send them send them to their mom and dad. All right, uh one more question. Uh should a budget surplus go back to the taxpayers? And I I read this with no knowledge of any of this stuff. <laughs> like <laughs> I know what surplus means, I know what taxpayers right, like right. like should that happen or well, in a
2: way, I mean, it can go back in different ways. Now, we had a budget surplus last year, but a lot of that was federal money that just came down and wasn't spent. Okay, Didn't go to um, the places COVID. it should have gone to. Mm-hmm. So, it, claiming, uh, you know, oh, we have a huge surplus, we're going to do a tax cut and give it back to people. Well, first of all, it's not going to go back to you or me. It, maybe we'll, we'll see it as a McDonald's meal. It's not going to be much at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and secondly you know, we could have used that surplus to fix some things that need fixing in the state. Our water quality, our, like I said before, our mental health, things like that. We could have spent money on on that. And then indirectly, it affects everybody in the state when you do it that way. Mm-hmm. We have the same, this is an interesting fact, we have the same number of DNR employees, Department of Natural Resources, who they they're in charge of inspecting the hog confinements, they're in charge of, crops i mean everything you
0: know mm-hmm.
2: we have the same number of employees in the dnr that we had in
0: 1993 wow that doesn't sound like that should be a thing <laughs> <laughs> it
2: like so so i'm just saying those those jobs have been cut and cut and cut <laughs> wow. to the point where they're inefficient because dhs uh, is a good example also they're they're low they're on overload with so many people that so many clients are trying to deal with that that it, it's hard for them to be effective then you know and do what they need to do for us yeah so
1: well and that look at the education situation with the teachers we're, we're short on teachers right mm-hmm. now massively short on teachers. Could we take some of that surplus and start paying them what they're worth so that we're Ooh. competitive with the states I around us? Hey, thanks. But that's the kind of stuff. Should it go back to the taxpayers? When we invest in programs like that or. Um, you know, like the water quality or our bridges, we're, we're what? Right. We're last in the nation? In bridges yeah. that need repair. Oh, first in the nation, I guess, for that then. Yeah. <laughs> for stuff that needs fixing. We're last in mental health beds 49 in mental Why health. Why don't beds. we invest in that stuff? That's that would be sad. That would improve the lives of all Iowans to some extent. So, yes, it would be going back to the taxpayers, but it would be going back in ways that improve our Mm -hmm. daily lives people need to really realize that the the people that you vote for that are in your county courthouse the ones that you vote for in our iowa state house that's who makes the decisions for you on a day-to-day basis Mm. i know the big races like the congress you know the giant senate not the smaller senate that i'm running for and the president they get so much attention and people get so involved in them that they let everything start happening back home in the state house that actually affects their lives mm-hmm. you know people I, need to realize that right. what we're voting for right now is the ultimate day-to-day how am i living my life you know is are things going to get better for me is my paycheck going to get bigger um are my kids going to have a school to go to next year mm-hmm. is this little town going to lose their school and lose all those jobs and that's going to dry up main streets mm-hmm. how many people does that affect if we're going to invest in things it has to be in the people and I think that's where the budget surplus should go.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I love this dialogue. This is this is pretty <laughs> good. This is juicy. Hey, like it, this.
1: It's easy to talk to you. So <laughs> yeah. Um, so
0: I, I don't know how we're doing on time, but I, I know I want to do two things, and you could take as much time as you as you need. Um, one, I wanted to try to maybe explain or have you explain what it is that you do. And that what you're looking to do, like what that job title is, and the responsibilities and the duties that go along with that. And I want to end with talking about your relationship with North Iowa. So we'll we'll do that in just a second. But can you start off with just you've been you've been at this for a long time. Right. <laughs> you, right. right. Uh, how long has it been? And just what what is like a day in a life of of <laughs> of being a state representative look like? And some of the things that that you've done mm-hmm. that you do and have done. Over the course of your your tenure.
2: Um, There's no typical day. That's just it. There's no typical day at all. I mean, you get down there and first of all, you have committee meetings and you decide on um, the committee chair. The the people that are in power that have the most, like right now it's the Republicans, they have a lot of power to decide what bills we actually even get to look at and what we get to consider.
0: Okay, So we
2: have our committee meetings all different committees. I mean, there's appropriations, ways and means, natural resources, education, you know. And I'm, what I did was make a list of the ones I wanted, my, my top three or four, and then they get assigned to me that way. We have that. I mean, I'll be at work at 8 o'clock in the morning. And, and we start out with our committee meetings, and then um, once bills have passed out of committee, then, then we do the debate on the floor, okay. and so every day is really different. We could be there till 6 a.m. in the morning. I mean, that's happened before. Wow. Work all the way through. <laughs> yeah, toward the end of session, it gets really crazy. Um, we one thir- Usually on Thursdays, we're done about 4 o'clock. One Thursday, they wanted to push through the um, the tax cut bill, and it was terrible blizzard outside (laughs) and um, we went till I think 8 o'clock that night and and everybody was wanting to go home but you know and I had to get yeah it was a crazy night (laughs) crazy night So so every day is really different and then when we're not in session we we go 110 days the first year and 100 days the second year but when we're not in session I get lots of calls from people needing mm-hmm. help like today I have a meeting with some folks about some troubles they're having with the MCOs they're not getting paid and wow. um so you know there's a lot going on between session too it's
0: one thing I've noticed about you over the last probably two years when I've been really just been more focused is you get involved in like a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. is is that like a conscious effort or, or are people just constantly calling you just trying to do as much as you possibly can? Like, how do you? Because you are everywhere. <laughs> how how are you at, at at all these places at once? Like, how do you do it?
2: Well, I'm not everywhere at once. I'm not a magician. But I think it's important. Like we were talking about earlier, if you want to know what people are thinking, you have to be there talking to them. You have to be where they are and find out what's important to them and what's on their mind. And so I just try and get to as many. And I try and support local things like the farmers market on Saturday morning. I think it's important to be there mm-hmm. and. When they're have, I mean, the music in this town is a gift. I mean, it's in the comedy. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank <laughs> it's you. It's wonderful. I mean, you can go on a weekend and get entertained several places. You right. know, and I just think it's important that we support all that local talent. And and like I said, then I get a, a, a feeling for where people are at. Yeah. And they'll talk to me about things, and I'll listen.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I think the the last big event that I saw both of you at was at the our, the reproductive march that we mm-hmm. did, and, and uh, I just think that's incredible to be at some of these places because I think that that speaks volume. So, so what? Yeah, what what's the you what are you running for once again? And uh, like what's that job title? Like what is that? What's the description? Like what is it that you are looking to do for for Iowa?
1: i am running for state senator um it's pretty much exactly what sharon just talked about but in a different part of the capital okay. um making decisions to help my fellow iowans and um, trying to do my best to push people forward i think that's kind of my main thing i i want to help everybody and that's that's what we've done for the last probably it's 10 years as a family you know um a typical day in the life for me is a messy bun in my hair with sunglasses shoved in them and cruising She's cruising exactly in right my now. minivan and <laughs> dropping off kids and trying to vacuum chocolate chip cookies out of the back. I mean, I'm a mom. I'm I'm not a traditional candidate in any way. Um I'm jealous that Sharon can go to so many things and and do all these things. I do have three little people that that need me at home Yeah. Um, and we have a business that really it depends on the tourist season in Clear Lake. So all summer I am usually with an apron on in the back, folding boxes as fast as I can, trying to help my husband at the shop.
0: T- tell people about the business. Oh. It, it's, it's, it's a pretty great place. But- yes.
1: We own South shore donut company in Clear Lake. Um, we were actually voted the top donut shop in Iowa in 2019. Yay. Yay it was super exciting. Um, it's so fun to do, and we, we work together, and sometimes that doesn't really <laughs> work out the best, but, but it works for our family. Mm-hmm. Um, we were kind of nervous about how much time this would take away from, you know, me running would take away from the kids, but I just try to involve them in as much as I can. They were at the, the Labor Day picnic for the unions, and um, they're at Thursdays on Main. They're doing all this stuff with me. They got to ride in the back of my grandma's tiny little Fiat in the clear lake parade at the last minute like i'm trying to make memories for them you know no matter what happens in this i will never stop fighting to try to help people and that's who i want my kids to be too so i hope that they can look back on this in 20 years and say gosh that's why i'm doing what i'm doing is because my mom put that example out for me you're a good role model i'm trying to be yeah
0: <laughs> uh, I, I think that's important um i think a lot of what i do and and just so I've been thinking a lot about legacy. That's mm-hmm. just been on my my spirit. The, so
2: what happens when you have kids? <laughs> yeah,
0: and it's like uh, I, I want them again. Memories is great, but sometimes they don't remember. Like I took my my son has now been to Disneyland like three times in his life. He's not even ten yet. He does he remembers half of one trip, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, so we're doing this for for us. But I I want I want there to be some type of imprint. On you are abs- like you were saying you are absolutely capable of doing whatever it is that you want to do, mm-hmm. and there will be a lot of obstacles. But if you you know do a couple of things, stay focused, be a good person, like you can achieve like so many great things. This has been my best year by far in comedy, and you know as much as I love getting out and doing the roads and doing these shows, I do love coming home. and And um, <laughs> I was talking to a comedian about making it. He was like, "What does it mean to to make it as a comedian?" And what are your goals? And I, my son, last school year, he wrote uh, what his mom and dad does. And uh, mom, she she does so much, so she gets a lot of credit, by the way. But for me, he wrote, "My dad is a famous comedian," and uh, I put it on Twitter, and it's like it, it made me almost cry. And to me, that's making it when when your kids can see a little bit, like a fraction of what you're doing that they can see that path that you're trying to just create mm-hmm. for them so i think that's important so um i, I want to so where are you originally from are you from i'm Iowa? from clear lake okay
1: yep. born, born raised and in raised okay. i north Iowa,
0: <laughs> but you're from colorado well kind of okay <laughs> i was born in chicago
2: and you talk about dads you made remind me of my dad i was born in chicago I had a sister, an older sister, with cystic fibrosis, which is a lung disease, and so um, and back then it wasn't curable. So we moved to Arizona. My sister, my other sister, was born in Bisbee, Arizona. (laughs) Arizona is too sandy for the lungs, and so we moved to Colorado. Got it. And then when my sister passed away, my dad got a job in Omaha, so I graduated high school, Omaha. Wow. Then uh, when I got married, I moved to. we moved to Ithaca, New York, and then Detroit, uh, Oak Park, <laughs> then Cedar Rapids, wow. and then Mason City. See, when you're as old as I am, you could be- live a lot of places. <laughs> yeah, I and then I that. taught a year in Portugal. So. <laughs> oh,
1: yes. <laughs> just so let's one, just yeah. throw in Portugal, too. And yes. you know what
2: I found out? There are nice people everywhere. Yeah. Yes. But I had, my dad was my role model, even though he was a strong Republican. <laughs> he um he picked up his whole life and moved to Arizona and Colorado and Julie my sister was not his my mom oh. had married and the man was killed in the war oh. and so she she was a you know a single yeah. mom yeah. and he loved her so much that they moved he just picked up and moved away from the place he'd always known as right. home yeah
1: oh that just gave me a little goosebumps i know That's and
2: nice, you know yes. it didn't really occur to me what a huge sacrifice that was mm-hmm. until i got a bit older and i realized that was quite a man you know to yeah. do that so yes
0: what um so what what has kept you in in clear Lake, and what has kept you in mason city for all this time
1: I love Clear Lake. Um, I love early mornings driving down Main Street when there's no cars. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just hit the microphone. Um, but it's such a neat view to come up to that stop sign and you can look down at the lake. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. And you just know your home. Even when we travel. The second we pull off the interstate again, I'm like, Oh, we're home. And I get that little happy feeling. It's also because I'm gonna see my cat hot dog. But um love the name. His
0: perfect.
1: name's Hot Dog, yes. <laughs> we also have Tater Tot and Pearl. Yes. Just wanted clarification. <laughs> I mean, when I say I'm not the typical candidate, I am not. We have a lot of fun in our household. Um That's great. That's but a good thing. Clear Lake is just family to me, you know, it's it's coming home, it's people laugh at me, they're like, You never left. I'm like, why? Mm -hmm. You know, we can travel if we want to, but my family's here, my parents, John's parents. um, For a while, I lived within a mile of, my parents are right next door, but then I had two sets of grandparents that lived within a mile of me, too, and an aunt and uncle. um, So, I mean, you can't beat that. And I want my kids to grow up with this type of upbringing. You can't beat rural North Iowa. Mm -hmm. You really can't. (laughs) That's nice. I -hmm.
2: I do miss that. You know, As you move around, you kind of leave folks. And, but I've been here a long time, so uh, you know this is really home. It always ha- it has just seems like home. Um, raised my boys; they went to uh, Mason City High, both of them. So um, yeah, it's just been. And like I said, there's so much talent in this town, and there's so many interesting things. You know that right. It's it's just a great place to live, and and if you want. Um, like we here, we have the sculptures. We have the 1910 house. We have, you know, the McNiter Art Museum. We have some beautiful the river going through town. East and Park
1: then, is gorgeous, it, yeah. right? And
2: then you can just drive over to Clear Lake if you feel like getting in the, you know, mm-hmm. doing some boating or whatever. You've got the best mm-hmm. of both worlds less than two hours away is minneapolis or des moines right. if you need a big city for anything you know need that traffic or whatever you I know do. Right. i
0: need that <laughs> but a- it's close right. so, it you, so
2: you can do that
1: yeah. we can have the best of all worlds yes you know, right, right, right i was
0: doing a, a, a gig in uh, uh indianapolis it's a nine-hour drive and I'm like, I, I kind of miss the two-hour drive gigs. So <laughs> right? I don't, I don't. It's not as bad. Is <laughs> there an underlying like drama with Clear Lake and Mason City? I've always felt like Clear Lake has like, you guys want to be us, but you're not. But Mason City's like, hey, we got a super target. Okay, <laughs> like, is there a thing? Or I don't
1: know. Um, <laughs> when I was in high school, yes, I thought that there was. Yeah. Um. That ray gun has that shirt that says "Clear like the Hamptons we're of Hampton. Mason City," <laughs> yeah, and that it makes me laugh every time I see it. But I mean, it's kind. We are we're kind of the resort town compared to you know the the big city where people go to work and people mm. do things like that. But I think the up and coming downtown of Mason City. Oh my gosh! It's every beautiful. time I walk around down there, I'm blown away by the new stuff and. You know, the sculptures and how pretty they've made the plaza look. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. But, <laughs> but then, you know, we have new breweries. We have, um, what is it? The Happy Donkey downtown. Right. We have Laredo's. There's so much nightlife down there, and it's coming alive again. And that is just fantastic to see.
0: All right. So, I think I got one more question. Is this more for Sharon? Oh, so either way. So, one <laughs> thing you would like to see happen in the next session supporting
2: of uh, public education that and that's been my my hard my heart you know ever since I've been down that and and cleaning up our waterways I mean I think Iowa would be a more welcoming place if we could get those waterways cleaned up and they just we just keep getting more and more endangered waterways Mm there it's not going down Mm -hmm. and we have invested and I, I think we have a great uh, private school here, a couple of great private schools. I'm not putting those down at all. Mm-hmm. But our private school money, we in the last six years, we have increased uh, spending tax dollars to private and home schools 150%. Oh, wow. We've increased public school funds 1.9%.
0: Okay, time out. Wait, for, <laughs> so, for someone who doesn't <laughs> know math that well, <laughs> did you just say for for private and home school, right. over 150%? Percent mm-hmm. and then for the public public schools mm-hmm. less than one
1: point two-
0: nine.
1: What that, that doesn't even keep up with inflation. No, what we are literally defunding our public
2: schools mm-hmm. every single year. So th- that would be my. You asked what would be my goal. My goal is to make sure the vouchers don't pass. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there were about twenty three Republican legislators that were against the vouchers. Rural legislators that know it's going to kill their public school which kills the town. Yeah. And so they were against it so they're all gone this year except there's one that that survived the primary. The rest of them mm. they got rid of them. So it's going to be a tough battle. That's what I want to go back and do. Make sure we support our public education and our teachers, our kids. Because the majority of kids go to public school, half a
1: million kids. Yep. In mm. Iowa.
0: I'm a public schoolie.
1: I am too. Um, I agree with Sharon. That's one of my absolute top issues going into this. Um, I'm in a unique position. I have my oldest goes to Newman Catholic here Mm -hmm. in Mason City. We love Newman. We love that for her. We made that choice for her, but we also pay for it ourselves. I don't think that um, taking away any money from my two youngest who go to Clear Lake I'm not going to take away money from their schools and other kids' education so that we can have a choice for Kinsey. Mm. You know, I mean that's it's a tradition in the family for everyone to go to Newman and I'm fine with that, but we can't make other kids suffer so that a very small amount of kids can have can have a choice in their education. Right. Why don't we fund the public schools and actually invest in our kids instead of purposely trying to tank them is what i think we're trying to do right now so that people want to have the choice and then they'll vote for the vouchers i'm a no vote on vouchers i i don't believe that we should be spending that money on private schools there's no accountability they can turn around and and say that oh this kid can't come because he needs this service or you know they can discriminate against anybody and they're not held to the standards that the public schools are Um, my other big thing is I'm unapologetically pro-choice. I'm not pro-abortion, but I think once we give up our freedom, it's going to be a really hard struggle to get any of that back. And once they come for the women, they're going to come for um, same-sex marriage. They're going to come for interracial marriage. It's going to be a very slippery slope. And th- I think this is our last chance to actually mm-hmm. stop that. Mm-hmm. Um, is going to ban abortion at six weeks. Most women don't even know they're pregnant at six weeks. I had... Two pregnancies, but I have three kids. Um, I didn't know with either of those that I was pregnant until I think six or seven weeks Mm. at the earliest. How can we take those rights away from people who don't understand or don't see how much it will change their lives?
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm with you. But I'm a man, so I think I should right. just sit in the back like a lot of men. And but I don't
1: think men should <laughs> sit in the back. I think no, men ne- men no. need to stand up and they need to realize what's happening. You know, I hate mm-hmm. to compare it to Handmaid's Tale, but I mean, we watch that, uh, my husband and I do, and it makes me sick right now. <laughs> looking at the, you know, how we compare what's happening now with with what's happening in mm-hmm. that show. I mean, we are on that path completely, and if we don't wake up now, it it's going to be too late. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's uh, uh see. That's a slippery slope, and it's it's definitely unfortunate. The handmaid tale is a little whole nother conversation. I, yes, because you know it, it deals with it deals with this fiction, but it, you know <laughs> it definitely has some reality to mm-hmm. it. But you know, we we if we if we do that, we got to start analyzing how how pro choice and that has been a thing. This entire, you know, since since the beginning. So, you know, black women and brown women and, and you know, disenfranchised women have dealt with a lot of issues mm-hmm. leading up to it. And now, you know, I can go on and on. I know. Um, so, last thing would be uh, your relationship with North Iowa, because that's just something I've been thinking about. And that's kind of essentially why I wanted to do this mm-hmm. podcast, especially with you two ladies is what's your relationship with North Iowa? And it can be Clear Lake specific or Mason City specific, but. I just realized Mason's it, like I f- I flourished like <laughs> I thought there was no way I could make this happen here, but I've met some incredible people. I've had a, an incredible run, and I I credit North Iowa for a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of what I wanted to end the the episode with. So, <laughs> what's your relationship with uh, North Iowa? Good and bad and ugly, <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll leave it with that. <laughs>
2: Want me to start?
0: Wherever, whoever wants to.
2: Okay. Well, my relationship with North Iowa, I think I just, uh, I love all that's happening. I'm so excited now that they're trying the farmer's market again on Saturday in the park. It's, you know, <laughs> it competes with Clear Lake, but I think we can make both work. If mm-hmm. They keep, you know, they're pretty determined to get that to work. I just, um, and I've met so many, like the farmer's market, um, is it Twisted River? You know, Steve's – all of the sustainable young farmers in our area, it is incredible. I just love it. Mossy Cup, the pork that she produces. (laughs) and There's just so many, you know, that – I've really become really interested Thomas
1: Farms, the Thomas Farmstead. Um, it's it, fun to support the small, it the is. small businesses. It, I mean, that's what they are. They're trying to make a go for it with their family, you know? Yeah. It, I remember
2: when Steve started, he just started at the farmer's market, just mm-hmm. small. And now he's in grocery stores <laughs> and he can't keep up with himself, you know? <laughs> so it's really nice. I, I think that's my. Um, I know I got some criticism a few years ago when I fought against, uh, they were going to put the uh, slaughterhouse just two miles south of Mason City. And I was the only one that's – public official that got up and spoke at the school board – or at the school board <laughs> – at the city council meeting and said, that's not for our community. That yeah. just isn't for North Iowa. I just don't want it here. And it did move, and it, but it's still using our aquifer water, which oh. annoys me. <laughs> but <clears throat> anyway um, – I just, I just think it's a great community, and I uh, didn't see that as a good fit with our culture and okay. our, you know, the, the statues on parade and and all the music we have in town and the comedy and <laughs> it's just um it that's why I go out all it you know we just yeah. like to be at things and it's just so much
1: fun. Mm-hmm. My relationship with North Iowa, I born and raised here. I, I don't want to say I bleed North Iowa, but I mean, this is where. Our family has laid their roots i mean we've invested in our business we've invested with our children um i want to see north iowa flourish there, nothing makes me happier than driving into a little town and seeing a thriving main street mm-hmm. it is delightful the small town charm that you can find around here is is second to none um my other thing that i want to do is just i like to help people you know if somebody's hurting if somebody needs help we're kind of always ready to jump in and and do whatever we can. Um, I would like more people in North Iowa to to start doing that and kind of get back to the kind, the Iowa nice roots that we're supposed to have. I have not seen much of that in the last couple of years. Um, we need to start talking. To each we others. do need to talk to yes. each other. You know, if we can't have a conversation, we we don't have anything. Right. We have to learn how to speak civilly. There can't be any name calling. I will talk policy with somebody all day, but the second you start calling names and pulling out the, I don't even know, (laughs) the buzzwords from who knows where, um, then the conversation just takes a turn, and Mm -hmm. I don't think it can come back from that. Mm -hmm. So I think if we really want to build North Iowa up again, we need to talk to each other, we need to learn to have fun together again, and to quit this partisan craziness that is going on. I like to say no more nonsense. That's kind of one of the reasons I'm running. The stuff coming out of Des Moines is crazy. Mm -hmm. And I don't have time for it. You know, we're all busy people. Let's focus on things that will actually help people and not... Help Iowans. Help Iowans. Let's focus on things that will, you know, help people get health care instead of talking about a book that you found in the library. I'm sorry, that book's been in there for 50 years. If you didn't know it was there, (laughs) your kids don't know it's there either. I can guarantee that. Well, I can't guarantee, but... But I mean, why are we focusing on all this stuff that in the long run, it's not going to help anybody? Mm-hmm. All it does is divide us and push us further apart. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to get back to talking to each other.
0: And so there's there's a midterm election coming up and both for running, you said. yes. Uh, any uh, information you can share about that as we close it out, like uh, a website or just get out and vote? Anything last you want to mention?
2: Well, October 19th, I believe. It's the first day that you can go to the auditor's office and vote, and actually, that's the way I've started voting now because then I don't have to worry election day if it's snowing, Mm -hmm. if it's if I don't feel well or whatever. I've already voted, so I'm good to go. You can just walk right in, even if you've requested an absentee ballot. You can take that with you.
0: Oh, perfect. Okay,
2: and go in and vote, and you're done, and. I've run into some people that say, "Oh, you know, I only vote for the president. I, I only vote when it's a president. I don't vote in the the midterms." And actually, this midterm is probably the most important one we
0: can ever have. It's
2: critical. It, it is really very is. critical.
0: Mm-hmm. And people say that a lot, but seriously, this one specifically
1: <laughs> seriously. With like, everything is. that's going our on, our democracy that's is up. Is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So that again, that's why I thought it would be very important to have you both here yeah. for this special episode. And yeah. yeah.
2: Thank you. Wow.
1: Thank you very much. Um, yeah. November 8th, get out and vote. Take 10 of your friends and yes. tell them, make sure you vote down ballot. I mean, like I said, it's the state ledge. It's the, the courthouse. It's people like that, that actually make the decisions that change your lives. So you don't like the potholes in the street. Well, you know, you didn't vote for anybody in those offices in the last five elections. So mm. can you really complain about it? Yes, but no. I mean we have to <laughs> we have to be involved and we have to be active in this process. I think so many just sit back and, and let things happen and they don't realize, yeah, your vote really does matter. It really does. Um, if you want to learn more about me, go to dot I have a Facebook page, Twitter. TikTok. I can't even keep up with all of them anymore. Um sometimes I accidentally post a TikTok of my cat on the campaign one. So um yeah, just be involved and know what you're voting for and honestly, if you believe in freedom, that is legitimately what mm-hmm. is on the line in our public schools. This is the future of Iowa and we have to be involved.
0: Okay, well, Good. thank you ladies for making time and being here and chit-chatting you with me us. and Sharon. Uh, this was the first podcast that either one of you had done, and you both did an yes. exceptional job. So, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I will be out voting, <laughs> and best of luck to you ladies in the future.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: If you want me to read an ad for you or your business, just give me money, okay? I, w- I will say how great your product is. I'll call you a humanitarian. This season I'm looking to get sponsorship, which just helps take this podcast up another level. Uh, there's a couple of different ways you can do it, and a couple of different ways you can reach out to me. So you can go to my email, which is uh the comedian dayday d-a-y d a y at gmail, or you can reach out to me through my link tree, which is linktr.ee slash peace comedy. Uh anything is appreciated, everything is appreciated. Don't forget to laugh today. Peace.